0: Now we're joined by the experts at Vetify, a new data analytics and thought leadership company that is transforming financial services from an industry to a
1: community, one relationship at a time. This is a challenging time, probably the most challenging in 30 years, coming out of the financial crisis, 600 billion in ETF assets. They're starting to understand that there's more opportunity outside of those major market indexes.
0: Tom, great having you back on the podcast. How was the uh, long 4th of July weekend for you?
1: It was great, Nate. I got a little bit of a sunburn, uh, stayed hydrated, and I know it was a little toasty there in Kansas City. Did you guys have fun?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, it's blazing here. I think we're going to hit somewhere around 100 degrees. The issue is the humidity. It's just uh, it's brutal. You walk outside, you can cut the air with a with a knife, but no... Had a great weekend, had a little bit of time out on the lake, uh, spent some time with the family. I finally saw Top Gun, uh, which I I, got to tell you, it's not often that you see a sequel better than the original. I think the, the sequel was actually better than the original. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet.
1: I have it. I'm dying to. And uh, it, it's just great. I mean, it, it, it's like Tom Cruise's Benjamin Button. He seems to get younger and younger. <laughs> I don't know more. how he does it. <laughs> we got to figure out the uh, the secret there. Right. All right. So, uh, so look, I'm looking
0: forward to this. We're going to recap the first half of the year in ETFs and then look ahead to the remainder of the year. And I, I think it goes without saying, obviously, it's been a highly eventful year in the markets. That's clearly reflected in what we've seen out of ETFs. And so I, I thought, let's start with the best-performing ETFs this year, which that definitely tells at least part of the story in the markets. And I have the list here, and I, I always like to exclude leverage and inverse uh, ETFs. I just I, I like to clear those out. I think those, those add some noise. So if we exclude leverage and inverse products, the top-performing ETF in the first half of the year was the United States Gasoline Fund, ticker UGA, UGA which that holds front month uh, futures on gasoline. So that was up 65%. And of course, I think we all can attest to that if, you, uh, if you've been to the pump recently. Uh, but but look, Tom, I'm not going to go through the entire list here. But But if you look at the top 20 performing ETFs in 2022, listen to this. I count 18 of them as being energy or commodity related. 18 of the top 20. And some other ETFs on the list include... Uh, DBE, the Invesco Energy Fund. You have UNG, the United States Natural Gas Fund. XLE, the uh, Energy Select Sector Spider. But a, a ton of oil and natural gas ETFs on the list. Th- this has really been the year of energy, right? I mean, if you just look at w- it, where the sector performance has been.
1: Well, it, it makes all the sense in the world for multiple reasons. You know, coming out of the financial crisis, uh we're we're flying more, we're driving more, and oh by the way, inflation's through the roof, and we've got uh, some conflict overseas, which are uh, is definitely affecting supply, especially in the Europe area. So that, that that it makes a lot of sense. The big question is, will it stabilize? You know, we're a little above a uh, hundred dollars a barrel right now. Uh, the big question is, with demand continuing to increase, and most importantly, uh, the prices of the pump, as you point out, Nate, are scary. These are prices that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, I know in the Midwest, it's areas that that are up there, but out in California, where you pull it up, up to the gas station, you're paying over six bucks six bucks a gallon. Sometimes it's crazy.
0: No, I agree. We filled up the tank uh, yesterday. My wife did in her car it was a hundred bucks, and we don't have that big of a car. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, I I think some people energy was so beaten up. If you go back to what, you know, 16, 17, 18, it's now having its moment in the sun. I think there was somewhat of a a value play there, right? Do you think this is sustainable or do you think it's dependent upon these other factors you're mentioning? I just wonder, you know, this Russia-Ukraine conflict doesn't look like it's going to resolve itself anytime soon. Um, You know, I look at some of the other supply-demand factors. Uh, both here in the U.S. and then you look into the Middle East. I just wonder when when this may actually, uh, you know, sort of alleviate itself. I, I don't see any real promise on the horizon from my perspective.
1: Well, I agree, and uh, I think this is something that we're going to have to uh, get used to. Look, the Fed has said their number one goal is to get inflation under control. Uh, and their little green shoots that are popping up especially in the housing market where things might be settling but we may be dealing with hundred dollar barrel oil for an extended period of time and and i think we have to get used to that the fed's job is to try to pull things back a little bit without us put going into recession this goldilocks scenario may or may not be a reality but we don't want to be in a recession for an extended period of time which means Back like in the uh, 1970s, early 80s, we had inflation that went on for five years. Uh, we haven't seen that in a long period of time, especially for those of us that are managing money or uh, involved in making important decisions. So as an advisor, Nate, I know this is something that you're dealing with regularly, you're talking to your clients about, and the great thing is we have a lot of options to diversify client portfolios outside of traditional stocks and bonds.
0: Well, that's a perfect segue. So I mentioned that uh, 18 of the top 20 ETFs were energy or commodity related. Um, I'm sure some people out there are wondering, well, what are the other two ETFs? So let me give those to you because it's right on the topic that you're hitting on. The other two ETFs are the Simplify Interest Rate Hedge ETF, ticker PFIX. That was up 50% in the first six months of the year. And then the other one... uh, I guess surprising, just because I wasn't as familiar with this uh, product, the KFA Mount Lucas Index Strategy ETF, ticker KMLM, uh, from CraneShares, up 31%. Any thoughts on either of those or, or just alts in general, to your to your point?
1: Yeah, well, um, we've known that uh, flows into alts continue to increase at a decent rate, although they're just a drop in the bu- bucket compared to overall ETFs. I know you've got Nancy coming on later on, and she's going to talk about hedging against higher interest rates, but PFIX, the Simplify Interest Rate Hedge ETF, does a great job of long-dated options on the U.S. Treasuries, and that's really the makeup of what we've seen in that uh, in that ETF. Uh, KMLM is excellent in the fact that we had a webcast a week or so ago with the portfolio manager, again, kind of sub to uh the folks at crane shares uh they not only do trend following with commodities but they'll do trend following with currencies which are also important we've seen huge swings in currency prices with the strong dollar that we're not spending enough time talking about nate i I know you remember about seven years ago when we saw a strong dollar and um uh, at dws we saw the currency hedge ETFs go through the roof as far as gaining assets. That trend seems to be starting back up again. And for advisors, we can not only get into areas like commodities, but also currencies in a very tax-effective way.
0: I just think it's interesting finally seeing some of these alternative strategies work, because I've talked on this podcast for years. I I think a lot of advisors and investors gave up on these because they just weren't working over the past decade. But now you look at the two ETFs I gave, I went a little bit further down the list. A couple of other ETFs that jumped out at me, the IMGP DBI Managed Future Strategy ETF, ticker DBMF, that's up 25%. So that holds both um, long and and short positions and primarily futures contracts across really a broad range of assets, stocks, bonds, currencies, to your point, commodities. Another ETF that jumped out at me was the Advisor Shares Ranger Equity Bear ETF. So ticker HDGE, good ticker hedge. That's also up uh, over 25 percent, and that just goes short a basket of stocks. It's actively managed, right? But, but you know, I, I think about flows here. So going back to the uh, the, the two ETFs that you you cover, PFIX and KMLM. I looked year to date. PFIX has over 100 million in inflows year to date. KMLM is nearing 100 million in inflows. That that's pretty big for for products like that, where you know these aren't from one of the, the big three issuers and i'm sure you saw there was a big piece last week from the uh, the wall street journal it's a pretty interesting piece but they noted that listen to this more than 21 billion dollars has gone on uh, gone into liquid alt mutual funds and etfs this year and that was only through may that puts them on pace to beat last year's record of about 38 billion so again it just shows you that investors are clearly looking for hedges right now and i think alternatives to to bonds in particular
1: yeah and and they just to add a couple things um i think for the average person out there or for the average advisor that's listening trends stay in place until they don't a lot of people are concerned that especially the fed uh on their heels moving forward to try to fight inflation they may be able to bring it back a little bit but it may be with us for a while so don't feel like you're going in and you're picking the top here number one and number two make sure you're allocating enough so if you do have an allocation it means something i think a lot of people are just putting their toe in the water where it's not going to move the needle if we continue to see these trends in in a, a certain direction and this is one of the things that i'm hearing from a lot of active managers out there and the people behind some of these etfs this is a trend that is just developing now we haven't seen it in in almost decades so you have to make sure if you're participating that it's meaningful enough to be able to do what it's supposed to do, which is hedge your portfolio.
0: I think excellent words of wisdom. I'll just add, by the way, on the Fed, you know, I think the big question out there is the, the Fed can certainly impact the demand side of the equation. But, uh, you, you know, I think the, the question is, is it the supply side that's really causing inflation right now? And that's not something that they can really directly impact. So I think that's going to be something to, to watch play out here in the second half of the year. Um, Tom, if we look at, Broader ETF performance and flow. So, you know, as we were just hitting on, the reason investors are looking at alternative strategies is because pretty much nothing else is working. And I, I tweeted this out on Friday. If you look at year-to-date performance from uh, some popular asset classes and ETFs, I would say asset classes that I think most advisors have exposure to, it's not pretty. And, and I'm going to just rattle these off real quick. I'm not going to go through the the, the the full list of ETFs, but I mean. Broad commodities, so something like PDBC, that's up 28%. That makes sense. We just covered that with the best-performing ETFs, right? Gold is down 2%. You look at short-term debt, something like mint, that's down 2%. Broad U.S. bonds down 10%. Emerging markets down 17%. Developed international stocks down 20%. Of course, SPY down 20%. BNQ, so you look to REITs, down 21%. T.L.T. twenty-plus year Treasuries down 22 percent. Small cap, so an ETF like I.W.M. down 24 uh, percent. Q.Q.Q. down 29 percent. I'm gonna toss in Bitcoin there as well. So, so uh, B.I.T.O. Bito that's down 60 percent.
1: You it, couldn't help yourself, Dave. You. <laughs> I know,
0: <laughs> but but look, just to reiterate how difficult things have been. The first half of 2022 was the worst first half for the S&P 500 since 1970, so 52 years. It was also the worst start to a year ever for broad U.S. bonds. And I'm going to give you one other data point here, and then I, I love your reaction. If you look at first half ETF flows, they were a bit muted compared to last year. I, I was checking yesterday. I think I'm close. Somewhere around $300 billion so far this year. And, and look, certainly some context is important with ETF flows, right? That's much better than the... Uh, the, the, the billions hemorrhaging out of mutual funds, but I do think the flows show we are in a more challenging market environment, so i, I don 't know Tom, as you hear the, those performance figures I mean any any thoughts on overall ETF performance here
1: um, basically there's no place to hide when you look at this every area's been hit and it's basically been commodities but the interesting thing year to date uh, commodity flows at sixteen billion is increase the overall basket by ten percent, but other areas like leverage are up 42% in assets, Uh, inverse 27%, currency 33%. There's a lot of trading that's going on and there are a lot of opportunities for short-term gains. Advisors overall tend to have asset allocation models, but more than ever when we're surveying them, they do short-term trend following in order to offset some of these moves that we've seen. traditional indexes. And I think that's key and critical. But the interesting thing, though, is in the first quarter, in U.S. fixed income, we actually had negative flows. That's come back strongly as more are feeling like the Fed's recent movement is getting things back under control. And with that, we're probably going to continue to see flows in fixed income equities. Uh, I think it's not as though investors have greater confidence in equity markets these days. It's just that they're selling mutual funds because they can Mutual funds continue continue to see great redemptions.
0: Tom, we touched on, <clears throat> excuse me, the best performing ETFs this year. Let, let's quickly touch on the worst performing as well. And looking at the list, besides the Russia ETFs, which those basically uh, went to zero, the worst performers are all blockchain or crypto ETFs. With the Global X Blockchain ETF ticker BKCH, that's pulling up the rare, down seventy seven percent. Uh, but you, you look at some of these other ones. I mean, DAPP, the Vanek Digital Transformation uh, ETF, RIGS, RIGZ, BitQ from Bitwise, uh, Crypt, CRPT. I could go on. These were all down over 70%. Now, you, you look at Bitcoin, as I, I mentioned earlier, that was down about 60%. And I think some people like to view blockchain ETFs as like a, uh, a leverage play on Bitcoin. It looks like we got a little bit of that. But any thoughts on the... Blockchain ETFs, I mean, down 70% plus pretty much across the board. And, and remember, yeah, don't bait me on the spot Bitcoin ETF topic, by the
1: way. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but a couple things. And we looked at uh, just the Bitcoin ETFs. And um, although total assets are down, net shares are up. So we're starting to see people buying in at these levels. And when you think about advisors, uh, you know, we do this survey with Bitwise and Matt Hogan every year. Yeah, uh, and we're talking to them about interest among their clients for cryptocurrency allocation. That's continuing to be year over year uh, increasing, and more and more advisors are allocating. The fact that there are uh, ETFs that represent cryptocurrency, uh, a, a bit. Uh, bitwise and is is really up to speed on all this stuff going on and we're talking to advisors about it regularly if you feel like this pullback is one of those opportunities and many advisors do they're starting to put their toe in the water for the first time and it's actually on platform in the way of uh, of buying these Bitcoin ETFs the other thing to point out here as as it relates to the blockchain most of this big decline is made up of miners miners are down 80 90 off the high and if you feel that we're going to see a rebound at any point in time or if you're a long-term investor and you feel like the blockchain and bitcoin mining is something that's going to be around you probably won't see an opportunity like this for a long time there are a lot of publicly traded miners out there that are trading for pennies on the dollar and that's just something to think about for clients where it, you can buy them through your Schwab account or your Fidelity account and, and all your brokerage accounts, just putting a small allocation in there may sat, satisfy your clients as far as saying, hey, I'm in the game now and my advisor did the right thing in waiting for this buying opportunity.
0: Well, one thing we know for sure with these blockchain ETFs, and, and this is not investment advice, but uh, if they can go down 70 80%, they can go up 70 to 80% pretty quickly as well, right? Uh, I mean, it, it. it can move both ways. So, um, all right, Tom, let's continue our, our, our quick tour here through the world of ETFs. A few minutes left. I, I want to briefly touch on new launches. So by my count, we saw over 200 new ETFs come to market in the first six months of 2022, which I think is pretty remarkable. Again, just given the market environment we've been in, but but here's my, my quick question for you. If you had to pick one new ETF so far this year, do you have a favorite?
1: I do. I went through the list, Nate, and what I came up with was the Dimensional Emerging Market Value ETF. Interesting. Uh, you know, our, our friends Meb Faber, uh, Rob Arnott, both have been saying emerging market stock valuations are at a level we haven't seen in over 20 years. And, and you and I talk about this regularly as advisors When you don't panic during these times, you look for opportunities. Uh, And as investors here in the U.S., we have been really heavily on the home country bias. Advisors and investors have not allocated enough overseas, especially in emerging markets. Uh, This ETF has a price to book of 0.93. Most of the stocks in the ETF have PEs that are in the single digits you don't often see these types of opportunities. So if you've got a long term horizon, this is something to consider. And the folks at Dimensional have done a great job, not only converting their mutual funds, but bringing to the surface areas of opportunity at the right time. So I really like that ETF.
0: So I was looking at the list, and I don't know that I would call these my favorite, but the ones that really have my attention are these ones that just launched last week from NightShares ETFs. Did you see these? I did. Yeah, so so these will, for listeners, these will own the S&P 500, and I believe, there's two of them, I believe the other one's the Russell 2000, but only while the market is closed. And so there's research that that's when the the, the bulk of gains occur. Now, I think that the counter and what everybody will be watching for is whether or not transaction costs eat up any, you know, outsized performance. But I'm fascinated to watch those, just watch how those work and and see what kind of returns those deliver compared to something like uh, SPY. And and by the way, for, for what it's worth, the top new launch this year by assets is actually the Goldman Sachs market beta US 1000 equity ETF, ticker GUSA. So a little, a, a little gem there. Tom, just a couple minutes left. What will you be watching for in the second half of the year, just in terms of ETF stories?
1: Um, so I know some people look, uh, listen to this and say, you know, what is he thinking? But China is a different beast these days. Uh, it's a, a different situation. It's in a recession, coming out of recession, we're seeing uh, not higher interest rates, but more increased monetary policy that's helping over there. Uh, We're coming out of the COVID quarantine. Travel and leisure stocks are starting to get on fire there. The big uh, holdout, I would say, is China stocks listed on U.S. exchanges. Many of them are also listed on Hong Kong exchanges now, too. But The valuation of some of these chinese stocks especially the internet stocks have really come back to uh normal areas so i like kweb uh Uh the crane shares china internet etf again long-term time horizon here but china's not going away anytime soon it's always had some bumps in the road i think second half is going to be its time uh that's something to think about and then the other thing is The dollar is going to continue to be stronger. It's had a great run so far this year, up 10%. It's up 17% in the last year. During times of uncertainty, you go back and look at history, a lot of people tend to go to the most trusted currency, which is in the U.S. dollar. The Invesco UUP is something to, again, diversify if you want a quick currency play.
0: Tom, I think we've done a great job of covering everything across the ETF space here in the first six months of the year. It just dawned on me. One thing we haven't talked about, is uh, ARC in Kathy Wood, which is something that you and I've talked about quite a bit in, in the past. And obviously, it was a very difficult first half of the year for, for Kathy Wood. I mean, you look at ARKK, that was down nearly 60%. Though, interestingly, it still took in like $1.5 billion, which is uh, amazing. But do you think they can rebound here in the second half of the year? Or are you still tracking that story?
1: Well, they were old enough to go through. A few bear markets, and we understand what separates the men from the boys is how we operate and we remove the emotions. Long term, we continue to be great fans of ARC and Kathy Wood. Uh, that uh, disruptive technology is going to continue to be a part of our ecosystem going forward. So, again, if you haven't had Kathy Wood in the past in those allocations, put a 3 to 5% allocation. If you happen to buy at the high and you put 5% in and now it's 2.5%, up that to 5% again. Five years from now, I, I can't imagine that you won't be happy. Kathy Wooden and, and ARK aren't going away. They're going to continue to be great players.
0: Well, Tom, excellent insight as always. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what happens in the world of ETFs here moving forward in the, in the second half of the year. But love talking ETF shop with you. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Nate. That was Tom Leiden, vice chairman of Vetify.